Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast with me, Neil Jones, filling in for your usual host, Ian Doyle, who doesn't work on Saturdays, he doesn't work on international weekends, but the rest of us, that's no excuse for us not to care. So here we are with this podcast special. Only two of us in the room today, a depleted squad, as you might say, a skeleton staff, myself and Christian Walsh. Christian, you okay? Good afternoon, Neil. Good, good, good. Yes, and we're uh, we're here, obviously, in the middle of the international break, so not a great deal of, of topical stuff to talk about, so we thought we'd do something a little bit different for the podcast today. We've been asking you to submit your questions on Liverpool and the season so far and the season to come, and we're going to have a little run through them, try and put some meat on the bones and give you some answers for those. But first of all, myself and Christian, we've been doing this week our review of the season so far, 11 games in. It used to be used to be doing at the end of the season. Now we're doing it sort of uh, a seventh of the season in, or, or two two eighths of the season. I think we did one after three games, didn't we? As yes, well. I think we did. I think we did. We'll probably do one after twelve games <laughs> as well. But um, we we answered a few questions on on the moment of the season, the surprise of the season, the player of the season, and where we think Liverpool are going to go. Christian, I'm going to throw it straight to you. What's been your moment of the season so far? Mohamed um, Salah's goal against Arsenal. Oh yeah. I thought that was just a really good introduction a really good uh, moment where the penny dropped with, with Solari he played a couple of games previously scored a couple of goals looked sharp you know quite exciting I think that was the moment where it, I think the whole of Anfield just went wow what, yeah. what, 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 number one how quick is he and number yeah. two you know how, how devastating was that as a counter attack very similar to the goal against uh, West Ham last week uh, I think it was 12 seconds box to box it was just a, a brilliant goal and also put the game against Arsenal to bed which is you know ultimately probably Liverpool's best performance certainly best big game performance this season uh, one of the high points of the season so I think yeah you know you could pick a couple from that I think Mane's goal there was, was great yeah. as well but I think just that was the moment where I think everyone realised what well, Mohamed Salah could, all, could be about this season. Yeah, no, absolutely, and a great uh, one of the great videos of the season as well from the tunnel. The, uh, the as he just zooms past road the runner. road runner. Yeah, Beep. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my moment of the season, I went for was uh, a little bit more abstract, if you like, but it was the moment the final whistle went in the playoff against Hoffenheim, and the Champions League qualification was secured because I think. It was one of the sort of clouds over the summer, wasn't it? After after the way last season ended, a lot of people were telling us, and I, I certainly remember that on social media. They haven't qualified yet. They haven't qualified. They've still got to beat the playoff round. And I think that was the culmination of last season's work, wasn't it? And the the uh, the effort that had gone into that. So it was good good that they got there. They want to be playing in those type of games, even if the draw wasn't as juicy as maybe some people might have wanted it to be. I think Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League after Christmas and playing in some big ties, and I think that's something that shouldn't be sniffed at, given how little Liverpool have uh, have seen of that competition over the last few years. I'll go straight into a question, then we'll move on to to uh, readers' questions or listeners' questions, if you prefer, and a few on the same theme, and you can well imagine what the themes are. But I'll start with the obvious one, really, Christian, and we've we've obviously been discussing this amongst ourselves and, and, and in print over the last few weeks. Liverpool in January, are they going to go into the market? Conor Mallon has asked that on Facebook. Are they going to go into the market? Are they likely to, in your opinion? I think they will. You think they I, will? I think they will. I, okay. I don't see... I think if they weren't going to, I think Wembley against Tottenham was, was, was <laughs> yes. the moment. Uh, That's on a Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's I'd, you know it's in terms of midfield and in terms of strikers and attacking force, I feel that they've they've got it boxed off for now. Um, you know they might. I still think Liverpool could do with another type of centre forward, perhaps. Um, although where where and when they play, I don't know. But that that's for one for the summer. I think that's where yeah. you've got to assess and go. Is Firmino giving you exactly what you want from the yeah. team? When you say it's another type of centre forward, you mean a goal like a poacher sort yeah, of penalty? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the, the, that fabled twenty goals yeah. season. Uh, although it seems like they might have that in Salah <laughs> yeah. um, and Mane. But in terms of they, they have to go in for a centre back. They're, yeah. they're an injury away from. A catastrophe yeah. there, in, in in the sense that obviously we saw what happened with Lovren at Wembley. I think Matip's been really disappointing this season. He certainly hasn't kicked on from his, his first campaign. I don't think there's much confidence in Ragnar Klavan anymore. He, he, he had credit in the bank last season from good performances against Aguero, Lukaku, um, was it Sanchez or Giroud as well? I think he played well against against Arsenal at Anfield. Uh, but I think that's all sorts of that's died down a little bit yeah. now, and he's 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 not being great. And then Gomez, who's obviously played more minutes as centre back for England now this season than yes. Liverpool. Yes, in the back three. Right. Yeah, in a back three as well. So I, I don't. There's no one coming up for the under 23s. I, I don't see. I can't envision a scenario where Liverpool are not trying to get a centre back yeah. this winter. I was going to say, well, Lee Macken asks Van Dijk. Um, Rank Noé asks. Who are likely targets in in January? You know, he's asking for specific names, and Jesse Okike is asking for any chance of a defender in January. So Van Dijk is the one, really, isn't it? That everyone is expecting. Are you are you as confident? I know Andy Kelly's pretty confident that he thinks Liverpool will be back in for for Van Dijk, and I know the info that we've had as a as an organisation has been that the interest is very much still there. But can you see a way that Liverpool can get Van Dijk out of Southampton in January? I think they can. Whether they want to, I don't know. As in, like, I, I, he's not exactly tore up trees since he's come back. No, this is—it's going to be very interesting next week. I'm sure we'll talk about this in the preview pod to uh, Southampton. But he's not a player that you, you go out and spend 75 million on on current form. Now, there could be many reasons for that. Don't forget, he's still sort of coming back from injury yeah. in a way. He's, he had a long layoff, didn't he? Yeah. He's playing under a new manager with a new style, new demands, and in, in a Pellegrino. Yes. Yeah, there's so many of them nowadays, isn't there? <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah, Pochettino, Pellegrini, yeah, Pellegrino. Yeah. Pellegrino. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, he probably, what he is, is that Liverpool do need. He's, he's commanding, he's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, in inverted commas, a leader, that much yeah. favoured leader. He's quick as well. He's, yeah. he, he can cover ground quickly, and I think Liverpool need that for. You need, you need the centre back with recovery pace to uh, bail them out. Um, and he also gobbles up space in front of him, and there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, the way Liverpool's set up, so you know, I think, I think Van Dijk is going to be, you know, as it's hard to understand, and he's still the number one target for Liverpool. They're going to try and do a deal in in, in January, I imagine. Um, whether they still have to tread carefully after what happened in the summer, yeah. yeah, that that will probably play a part as well. I think the main thing is though, if if he isn't, if he isn't, then there's got to be some sort of Plan B. Yeah. I hate that phrase because it is, but it, 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 there needs to be some sort of well, backup option. Well, you looked at, you at some potential um, centre back targets aside from Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk was in there, the obvious yeah. one. But who who did who did your sort of a uh, if if you like low sophistication statistical analysis? You weren't running too many algorithms and whatever. No. But who did who did the flag up the obvious sort of a uh, 
notable players across Europe yeah, climb up his targets. I mean, look at it. It depends what you want from it because what I found was a lot of the a lot of the defenders that you saw, as I said, as you said, looked at very very raw stats and and just the, the general things that people have told me that you know that have watched the Bundesliga quite a lot and and around Europe. They're all quite young. They're all quite yeah. inexperienced. They're all in, you know, most of them in the, in the Joe Gomez bracket in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Um. So in that sense, that maybe they, they won't necessarily be what Liverpool need in in January. But there's, you know, ultimately, are they better than Ragnar Klavan? And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to him, but certainly as a as a as a long term option, yes, and possibly as a, as an option for the now, yes. And you've got players like um, Kevin Danso of Augsburg. He was yeah. uh, raised in Milton Keynes. Yeah. Daly mate. The standard, uh, the standard career path, isn't it? MK Dons yeah, to, to Augsburg. Augsburg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Liverpool have obviously fared well when getting central defenders from Augsburg. So far. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. He's only a young lad, but he's played four times for Austria. He, he comes up trumps in terms of you know all heading and, and positioning and all that yeah. sort of palaver. France have just called up a, a young lad um, who is so out there that I can't even remember what his name is so there we go <laughs> well we've done our homework for this podcast <laughs> yeah is, is that Pavard by any chance it is it's Benjamin Pavard yes. I was, yes. was tongue in cheek yes uh, stuck out lad um, but uh, I mean genuinely as someone who keeps an eye on a, a fair bit of like you know the European leagues does a lot of it, betting yeah I don't scout for Liverpool I scout for my bank accounts for Halifax um, and but uh, I'd, I'd hardly ever heard of him I'd never heard of him I, could, I didn't yeah. know who he was um, but he came from Lille and he you know if you're looking at the next generation you've got to look at someone who's breaking this the France squad now you know the World yeah. Cup's on the, on the, on the horizon um, and if Deschamps thinks he's good enough then yeah. you know, obviously he's worth looking at No, there was the Dutch lad as well uh, Fortuna Sittard in, um, in the first division in Holland per Schuers who's 17 playing in the first team there yeah he's, he's really mean, impressing isn't impressing he? and seems to have a good passing range on him I whether, think Liverpool have looked at him as yeah, well I think whether, he is one whether like you say whether you can bring in someone of that age to, to instantly make Liverpool better maybe that's asking a little bit too much, and I think that's something, something that's been criticised a Liverpool in the past that they've bought too young, they haven't bought established players, perhaps. But you look at Ajax last season, they got to the Europa League yeah. final with a uh, delight, or the yeah, and Davinson uh, yeah. Sanchez, who's only 20 21. So, you know, it, it can be done, it's just whether Liverpool need that. Yeah. Um, in terms of more experienced options, I mean, I don't think it went down too well, but Cabasaley came up really oh, yeah. well uh, for Watford. Which sounds bizarre because he's conceded three against Liverpool, three yeah. against Everton, four against Chelsea. Yeah. Scores six Everton, against the six against Man City. Um, but I think he's pretty much in a, he's surrounded by bang average players there, and it might be a, a move up, might, yeah. might work for him. But th- look, there's, there's players out there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just Jose I'm just Gimenez with, uh, as well Jose from uh, from Atletico Madrid, and then there's also De Vrij as well from yeah from both out of contract those two at the end of the season. At the end of the season, so they might be available for cup price deals. There's going to be little deals all yeah. over the place, and at the end of the day, I'm just a, a loser with a, <laughs> with, a with, with a couple of stats at hand. Liverpool scouting is much more complex and much more thorough. On the flip side, of course, it's a lot more difficult than just saying he's good. Let's yeah. get him. Yeah. Um, but there's 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 got to be someone out there. <laughs> please, yeah, please, please. Okay, from the defence to the goalkeeper then, and friend of the show here, Rado Schmiel, who is a goalkeeper himself. I can confirm. I have seen him play in goal. Um, <laughs> he is what can only be described as Polish, and therefore you can, you, you can take this. You can take this any way you like. Um, 
and you, you can say whether he's got a hidden agenda, but he asks, how do you solve the goalkeeping issue at Liverpool and is it time to give a chance to a talented youngster? He doesn't name a name, but you might be able to guess who the talented youngster he's referring to is. But he, he does point out, like, for example, Milan did with Donnarumma as a youngster. I think he was 16 when he played for Milan and Real Madrid did with Ica Casillas many years previously. Oh, does, he, does he feel Camille Gabrara could be close to the Liverpool team? In the coming months, I thought you mentioned Mal George. <laughs> Maybe, but no, he's a Carl Alex, he's Jamal no, George. No, no, I, mean, I know exactly what Rado was on about there. He's, uh, of course, yeah, as you say, Camille Grabara. He's really, he's, he's really he's interesting. He's really, he's if good. He, like, he is a good player. If you haven't, if you haven't seen Grabara, I'd, I'd employ you to try and dig out a few uh, clips of him because. Bar one Rick against was a Spartak Moscow in yeah. the Youth League off the top of my head. Maribor, was it? Might have been Maribor, yeah, but one Maribor, of the games yeah. this season in the Youth League. Apart from that, where he's let the ball bounce over his head. I've never seen him make a, a mistake. He's, he's, he's a really good shot stopper. You know, of course, he's a goalkeeper, but you know what I mean in, in, in that yeah. sense. He's commanding, and, and he pulls off saves like you wouldn't expect him to pull yeah. off. Uh, I, I think a big... It's a bit of a silly criticism, but you know, also a fair one at the same time is with, with Mignolet and Carius. Is when have they when, when do they pull off saves that you don't expect them to, to yeah. make? Uh, Mignolet, I can figure those two Stoke ones the, back in the last season, but in general, they don't make, and of course, with yeah. penalties as well, he, he does it. Yeah. But in open play, very rarely does, does he or Carius sort of make those saves where yeah. you go, Wow, you know, how's he done that, that? That was something I used to think about Pepe Reina towards the end of his Liverpool career as well. I think he was sort of. He was steady Eddie, if you like, but he never. There was never a moment when you thought, "Oh, he's just saved you a point there." You or think of the hair was saving the cup final yeah. in 06, for example. Yeah. Wow, how's he done that? Yeah. To to five years on, and it's just a bit, yeah, exactly. In the <laughs> cup yeah. final in the same cup in the final, <laughs> but you know, Grabara, it's an it's an interesting one. It's a big call. It'd be a very big call to to promote, especially at this time because Liverpool have got. Essentially, free season goalkeepers. Yes. Yeah. It's such a bizarre situation with Liverpool uh, with goalkeepers at the moment because you just get the feeling Klopp isn't overly enamoured with any of them. You just yeah. get that little little niggle that if he could replace all of them tomorrow, he would. But but he has been dealt the cards, or he's dealt himself the cards because yeah. he bought Carriers, of course. Um, and I think the whole swapping and changing doesn't help. I don't think. I think he's made the rough for his own back there, Jurgen, in terms of. I think it's it's put a seed of doubt in Mignolet's mind. Um, I just don't think Carrius, the whole dropping him and then promoting him and then dropping him has helped him at all. Danny Ward, there's a big clamour to see Danny Ward. I mean, Rado could be on about Danny Ward there to a degree. Yeah. I don't think he is, but you know, let's just say he's a young up-and-coming goalkeeper. There's a clamour to see him, but it, 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 again, it would be a big it, it'd be a big call to put Danny Ward in yeah. on the basis of his time in Huddersfield alone. So I think it's an even bigger call to, to put Camille Gravara in. But, I mean, if, if things don't keep on... If, things, if the goalkeeper issue becomes a, a real problem and they do rattle through the first three of them, then maybe I think Gravara would be yeah. would be an option. But for now, it's surely it's a case of let, let Stevie and, and his... Um, yeah, his backroom staff deal with him. He's still a teenager, Kabara. Yeah, he's, he's built well. He's built really yeah. well. He's in the he's in the Polish youth set, yeah. uh, set up as Played well. Played yesterday against Faroe Isles for Poland under twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we won't, won't, uh, <laughs> we won't mention that. <laughs> um, don't, don't know what, what happened. What about Karius? Do you think Karius is? Um, it, it, he's got more to come at Liverpool. He, he surely must have in terms of he was signed by Klopp. He's the only goalkeeper Klopp signed and. He's only played a handful of games, really, hasn't he, in terms of first team? 
had I was watching Germany England and it ends up as you do get get down the Wikipedia wormhole with um, <laughs> with uh, Mark Andre Stegen and it was interesting to see in his first season the only games he played was cup competitions for, for yeah. Barcelona because uh, obviously it was Claudio Bravo, Bravo as well yeah. um, and obviously won the Champions League in his first season playing every game but didn't play a league minute which is a, a, a remarkable scenario really. Uh, and then he struggled in the second season. He, he initially got the nods ahead of Bravo, uh, yeah. made a couple of ricks, and then got dropped out and only played in the cups again. And then last season he, he just uh, went. Luis Enrique went fine. You be goalkeeper. Yeah. This is this is it now, and it's helped him. I just I just wonder if if the idea is for Carius to, to follow that sort of career progression. You know, you you settling in certain games, and then in season three they just. Let left fly and say right, you're you're our first choice goalkeeper now. I think he ended up using Carius. I think the injury didn't help him when he first came. I think large Carius would have been Liverpool's number one yeah. from the very start if he hadn't have uh, broken his hand against yeah. Chelsea. Dejan Lovren's yeah, head. Yeah, Dejan Lovren's head. <laughs> Bloody Lovren all the time. Made <laughs> <laughs> more connection. Made more connection with his fist than he did with that ball at Tottenham. Yes, but it's. I I don't. I don't see it. I, yeah. I don't see it with Carius. I really don't. I, don't. I don't see what he's done to earn or deserve a, a place over Mignolet. Um But at the same time, I don't really see what why yeah. Mignolet would necessarily be an undisputed number one yeah. over Carius. I, I think a problem. The problem is when it's better to have one very good goalkeeper and one decent number two than two all right goalkeepers. Yeah. That's probably doing when you lay a bit of a disservice over recent Arsenal form, had that for a few years, didn't they, where they had sort of Chesney and Almunia yeah. and Fabianski, maybe, the yeah, three definitely. of them, all competing for it. Um, I'll answer this one myself. This is Akintundi Arotimi as asking, how is Nathaniel Klein? Now, he's the missing man. He's on all the milk cartons around Melwood at the moment, but he um, hasn't played, obviously, since Tramir back in July. Wasn't yeah, it? it was he first played, game, first yeah, pre-season. first pre-season game. That was at Prenton Park. He's had a back issue. Yeah, and Klopp said before the West Ham game that he had a slight setback in that back issue. Said that he is um, needs time. It's a complicated thing, and he's he's been feeling pain. He was on a, in a good way or on a good way, as yeah, and Klopp tends to say. And now he is uh, a little bit further away. I thought once Liverpool didn't put him in the Champions League uh, squad for the group stages I thought that told you everything really that they were expecting to be out until Christmas at the very very uh, earliest and it looks like that might even be extended into the new year so Liverpool without their one what you'd call senior experience right back in the squad for a little while longer been offset a little bit by Joe Gomez and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold who've done well but I do think Klein has been missed and I think it's only when someone isn't there that you sort of start noticing what they are uh, capable of and what they bring to the table. Klein got a little bit of stick at the end of last season. I think people were a bit sick of his crossing and his uh, perhaps his, his lack of sort of I don't know, finesse, if you like, in the final third. But I think he'd add a lot to this Liverpool team and hopefully we can see him in the new year. That went, that went, yeah, that looks like when it'll be, we'll see him. I'd, I'll hold my hands up. I, I've been on the, I was on this podcast towards the end of last season um, and even during this pre-season saying, yeah. get rid, not get rid, but yeah. give Trent to go over over Nathaniel Clyde. Um, I didn't think Liverpool would miss him as much as they did, but they certainly have. I think the, the games where you've noticed the most probably are City and Tottenham away. 
he's a he's a big game player in that sense. He's he's very reliable, yeah. very steady. Okay, he's not going to put a a cross on a on a striker's head, you know, on a, like yeah. the way Trent can do yeah. sometimes for Salah, for example, against the yeah, against Maribor, you know, set one up there. You, you very rarely will see climb make that sort of assist. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's been a really big miss, and it's it's it's, it's a strange situation because. Liverpool's science, you know, sports science team and, and the doctors and physios are usually like spot on with, with these sorts of yeah. uh, time scales and they're just flummoxed. Yeah. They don't know. They're just flummoxed. You know, I, I mean Mane was a surprise to them that he, he came back so soon. Um or so they say anyway, but you know, that's that he yeah. sort of Coutinho's bang on schedule, Lalana looks to be bang on schedule, you know, almost the week where he got injured and and, and the, the idea was he's gonna be out until November international break with Klein, you just don't know. Yeah, and that, they're asked, that's a bit concerning and worrying. Yeah. And hopefully, he is back soon, at least training with, yeah. with ball at his feet. Yeah, last seen in carpool karaoke playing alongside Daniel Sturridge, Joe Gomez, and Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Perform well there, so maybe that'll uh, that'll ease him back into action and get the vocal cords warmed up. Uh, on to midfield then, Christian. We've we talked about the defence, we talked about the goalkeeper, midfield. Mohamed Hamoudet asks. Is a midfield of Lalana and Coutinho with Henderson holding a realistic prospect, or is it too attacking? We we had this before. This question dropped. Yeah. We were talking about this uh, in the office. It's and I still don't know. Yeah. I, I still don't the know. game maybe. It does. It, it does. I've, I've, I've done a um, I've done a piece about what is Liverpool's strongest eleven when everybody is back. I was deliberating, and, and and the scenario there is it's a Champions League final tomorrow. Everybody's fully fit. Yeah. You know, do you against a team of you know equal standing, if you will? Let's say Liverpool are going to play a Tottenham. Yeah. For example, in the Champions League final, and I just I just don't know. Manchester City do it with De Bruyne and Silva. They have Fernandinho behind them. Yeah. Now, Henderson and Shana particular things in midfield but they're not Fernandinho yeah. um, they're a different type of different type of midfielder so the problem there is that if you play those two then you, you, you're more inclined to play Emre Chan maybe because he's got a bit more physicality uh, but then you're not putting in your captain Jordan Henderson now people would say well why should you know if Henderson is near on merit then he shouldn't you know he shouldn't have the armband that's a different debate really um, one that we might move on to but Ultimately, you can't dismiss the, the good things that Henderson does in that number six role yeah. as well. He recycles the ball a lot quicker than Chan. He's more of a range on him as well. range. He can he can shred the shred the play. He can stretch the play. He can he he just plays ten yards further up the pitch. And and despite what people say, he can actually get back and, and cover that ground better than Chan. I feel Chan's more needs to be wound up. You know, he needs to not yeah. like yeah, not yeah. emotionally, but he needs he needs <laughs> yeah. to be in it's like it's like a car on a cold morning sometimes and he exactly. needs, yeah. needs, needs to go around the block a couple yeah, of times yeah. with him and the bonus. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it does depend on the game, but it's it's, it's a difficult one. It's, it's it's demanding a lot of Lalana, I think, because he's, he's he's a brilliant presser and it's it's it, there's no doubt in my mind that he's one of Liverpool's most important midfielders. But I left out of that team that I, yeah. I picked. Um, I'm regretting it now. We haven't told him yet. He's okay. Yeah, He'll be fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> but there's a lot of pressure on him there. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on him and there'd be a lot of pressure on Coutinho. The, the issue with the, the, the line Coutinho perhaps is 
Coutinho might feel more inclined to drop back and help out Lallana because it is such a yeah. such an attacking midfield, and then you lose so much if he's not always on the front foot. Yeah. Then you lose you're losing a fair bit. Likewise, Lallana, Lallana, you know he, he presses, but he presses from the front. Yeah. He's on the front foot. He's always turning forward. He's never really going back. So that would be an adjustment for him. It'd be exciting. It'd be it'd be bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not it was, it's certainly the, the ones who complain about Liverpool not being able to defend properly wouldn't be able to complain if that's the midfield that the well, yeah, quite, lines up with. Quite. I mean, you, you look as well at sort of games for Coutinho because I think there are certain games I, I feel he's better suited playing on the left because maybe the space isn't there ahead of him for him to get on the ball and, and go and look. So he might need him to do something in the final third. If you've got space and you'd imagine a team like Tottenham or you know a, a good side a team like a Manchester City or a, a Bayern Munich or a, one of those teams, you'd maybe get a bit of space from Mane and Salah. They they do a bit of that risk and reward thing where they, they, they try and play a bit of a higher line. I think Coutinho in midfield is perfect because I think he's got the eye for the pass and he's he's also got the eye for the, the dribble as well that the, the he can he can move from midfield and take it into the forward line. But it, it is um it is hard to imagine, you know, a, a, a Manchester United game, for example, playing against Matic and Pogba and Fellaini, say, with with those three, and you'd you'd certainly be thinking it'd be like the uh, the men against boys sort of um, physical battle, wouldn't it? Like you'd imagine Coutinho, Lallana running through the the, the giants' legs and, and trying to trying to tie the shoelaces together and things like that. Um, but interestingly, onto another midfielder. This is Kevin uh, Asari Aguiman. And forgive me if that name is pronounced incorrectly. I, no, it I is Kevin. It was, yes, yeah, well, Kev, we call him. <laughs> um, he's talking about Emre Chan and his contract, and he says, it's not, you know, it, it's a very um, very straightforward question or a very straightforward suggestion, but is it as simple as this? He says, why, why don't we offer Chan a, a new contract with a release clause in it, however much a release clause is? He said, if it's 15 million or not, fine, and then just make sure we get a fee for him next summer. Uh, is that a good question. is it feasible? Yeah. There is nothing stopping them doing that other than the fact it's set a precedent. Yeah, they didn't give it to Coutinho, so why should they give it to yeah. Emery Chan? I, I feel like I feel like Liverpool are confident here that they hold the aces in this. I don't. I think he's a value member of the squad, but I think they're looking at this situation and they're looking at Naby Keita coming in in, in the summer. Uh, Coutinho will probably go, but he's by no means out the door yet. There are a, a number of decent central midfielders on the market, uh, a couple of them for nothing, yeah. Leon Goretzka, for example. Yeah. And I think they're looking at the situation and going, we're not going to compromise our beliefs, we're not going to potentially harm our options in the future. Yeah, by the floodgates. Oh yeah, by ceding to a, a talented, but at times inconsistent 23 year old who has done has done well at Anfield you know he's, he's, he's played a, a, a fair role in Liverpool getting Champions League and it, it feels like he's really you know he's starting to fulfil a little bit of that potential under Jürgen Klopp but I do feel that there is a there's a confidence with Liverpool that they wouldn't regret it if they let him go and yeah. I think if they I think their, their biggest regret will be the fact that they developed them for so long and they pretty much had they their the theory and their philosophy about transfers and buying young, sell high, and that sort of idea that they possess with transfers. 
has been flipped on its head there because there they've taken a, a young lad, they've nurtured them, they brought them through, turned them into a first team player with uh, Champions League experience, with uh, Premier League, you know, a lot of Premier League experience. He's now a full German international because of Liverpool's coaching, and they're going to let him go for, for absolutely nothing. That's where the, the frustration will lie. Yeah. I think in general, Liverpool, because of the. Don't get me wrong, I think they'd rather have him than not. But I don't think they are willing to be held to ransom, and I think it's a, I think it's important to point out that certainly from what the noises I've been hearing is that it's not. I don't think it's Emery Chan. I think it's more Chan's advisors. I think it's more his yeah. his people, if you know what I mean, are trying to get the best deal for the clients yeah. and certainly you know safeguarding his future. Um, I think what they're looking at there is Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich coming along with a £60 million bid. That's what the really, I don't know yeah. what the release clause is, yeah. but the idea is I don't think they want them to be at Anfield forever, which is fair enough, you know, that's that's, that's yeah. their prerogative. But, you know, the, play, the player hasn't been thrown it in, I don't think, so you, you've got to keep on playing them, you can't just freeze them out. But ultimately, I think if they, if they give a release clause... It just opens the floodgates, and, and I don't think every chance is a. If Coutinho wasn't worth doing that for, then every chance certainly not. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, the other, the other thing I'd say as well, Kevin, for your question is, you have to remember that there's another party involved in this, and I think the Emery Chan's been getting whispers in his ear from from other clubs, and will continue to. And if he was to accept a contract with a fifty million pound release clause. He's a jeopardising the potential of his move that he may well have already set his heart on, and he's also forsaken potentially a very golden handshake in terms of uh, signing on fee if he signs on a Bosman for, for the Juventus or a Bayern Munich. This is the thing that you've got to remember with Bosmans nowadays. Clubs have got so much money that the, the, the potential transfer fee basically goes to the player. Yeah. So it's it's you know yeah. when you see players running, you look at Sanchez, you look at Ezel, yeah. there's a, there's a, Ross Barkley, there's a lot of players and good players who are running out of the last six yeah. months of their contract soon, and, yeah. and it's all it's not all because, but yeah. a, a nice little incentive is the fact that yeah. any transfer fee basically goes to them. Yeah, they're getting weighed in, good and proper, good and proper. Um, moving from midfield then to forwards, uh, Martin Rogerson or Rogerson, if you like. Um, should Liverpool sell Sturridge while they can get some money for him and buy themselves a proven goal scorer in January? Now, it's interesting that the wording of that question, I don't know if it's deliberate, but should Liverpool sell Sturridge a proven goal scorer, you could argue? Albeit, I did look up this before the, the podcast started, he's actually, in, a, in league campaigns, he's only reached double figures three times in his career. Once at Chelsea, um, and twice at Liverpool, and they were both in his first two seasons at Liverpool. So, is Daniel Sturridge, is he a proven goal scorer? First and foremost, should Liverpool sell him? Second and third, do they need another striker? Which you sort of answered earlier on in the uh, in the episode. Yeah. So yes, they do need another striker in, in uh, next summer. I think. Yeah. Is he a proven goal scorer? That's that surprised me. That's that. That's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, he, because you think he is. He's he, a proven he, finisher. Yeah, he? he can finish, but in terms of a longevity, I think he's only just got a hundred goals now, hasn't he? Just just scored his hundredth career goal, which for someone who's 28, 29, it does seem like it's taken him a long time to get there. What's I mean, what what is the who is the real Daniel Sturridge? Is it the Daniel Sturridge of 2013, 14? Yeah. When you put him in a system that gives him chances, gives him momentum. Gives him the license to play the way he wants to play, 
can score 20, 20 odd yeah. goals, yeah. twenty one goals a season. But he would have got if he'd have played the full season there, he'd have got thirty like yeah. Suarez, wouldn't he? Yeah. Most certainly. Although I mean, you look back, one of the miracles of that season was the fact that they got twenty nine games. Also, yeah. really league yeah. games. That's that's remarkable. Or is the is the real Daniel Sturridge sort of the one who cuts a frustrated lone figure up front and and and, and ultimately will will only ever sort of thrive in a in a team that you know he he can't turn water into wine. Yeah. Um, ironic considering he's a he's a he's a religious fella. But um, you know it is is it. Have Liverpool seen the best of Daniel Sturridge in thirteen fourteen? Yes, definitely. Could he approach that again? He could do, but does that mean then you've got to sacrifice yeah. your Mane, oh, Salah, Firmino? That do you think it was telling as well that having scored in back-to-back games for the first time in I think 18 months, he scored back-to-back he got scored against Huddersfield, and then he came off the bench and scored against Maribor. He didn't even get off the bench against West Ham, and a lot of people. Myself included, thought he'd start that game. Never mind, come off the bench. He should have started. I mean, I mean, says he can count himself unfortunate yeah. that he didn't start that game, and and then he can count himself particularly unfortunate that the game was not over at three-one, but Liverpool brought on Milner, they brought on um, and Lovren in the game, you know, and Daniel Sturridge sits there and he doesn't get an England squad, so he's not even going away. It's not even like you know. I'd, just keep your powder dry for England. He's gone away. He's in New York, um, not with James Pearce. We should point out who is also in New York at the moment. But he's he's essentially now that's three weeks or two two and a half weeks without a game for Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. And it's and, all about rhythm. And Sturridge. it's all about rhythm yeah. and Sturridge. And, he, and I do think that he is someone that when he hasn't had football, it shows on yeah. on Sturridge definitely. But his problem, I I think if you put him in. I think if you put him in the vast majority of Premier League teams, I think he, and that's to answer the proven goal scorer one, I think he probably will get 10, 15 in a yeah. season. I mean, whether that's proven, I don't I mean, know. Do, but like Jermaine Defoe sort of role that he could have? I mean, you know, the troubleshooter maybe further down the league? God, Everton could do with him. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that goes without saying at the moment, but that's... You and I at the moment. I think the problem with storage, and it's not necessarily his problem, is that Ian Klopp, has got a very particular way of playing and everyone's got a specified role and, 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 and because of that partnerships sprout up and, and certain yeah. ways of playing sprout up. So for me no and storage doesn't work. For me no and Coutinho does. Coutinho and storage, we haven't seen that tandem in a long time, you know, sort of Coutinho off the left and storage up front. What I'm trying to say here is that he just feels like the odd man out. It's not necessarily that he's a he's a he's a poor player or his legs have gone or whatever people say about him. You know, he's 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 not trying anymore. It's, it's nothing to do with that. He's he's still committed. I still think if he, he's presented with most chances, he he'll give yeah. it a good a good effort on goal. I just feel like there's the Coutinho Firmino thing going on there. There's do you the, think Firmino's seems he's a very unique? Striker, isn't he? Yeah. Centre forward, in 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 the sense that I don't. If you said to me now who plays like Firmino in Europe, it'd take me a while to think of someone who plays the way Firmino Muller. plays. Yeah, may, maybe. Yeah, and and Muller's, even Muller's a sort of. I think Muller's easy, easy happier as well, yeah. over out on the right hand mm-hmm. side, perhaps as well. But yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, to think of a. So if if you said 
Liverpool need an understudy to Firmino. They need to go and find someone just like Firmino. I, I wouldn't know where to start looking. And I think because he's such a spe- specific type of player, I'm having nightmares with that word today. Um, it feels like it's difficult for anyone to sort of look good in place of him. Yeah, and I think also Klopp likes his players to have a multi-purpose. So you yeah. know, Firmino presses, but he does also he holds the ball up. He, he's an outball. They use him as an outball quite a lot now in terms of they throw it up in the air. And he, he's quite quite good in the air. He'll yeah. win it. You know, Mane is obviously a stretch of the fence, but he can also take on a player that you know, etc. etc. With Sturridge, you just get the feeling if he's not scoring goals, what's he in the team for? Yeah. What's what's he offering? Because he doesn't really create. He doesn't really open up space. And you think about maybe the game against Newcastle, for example, the the one one he had that yeah. chance, didn't he? Uh, late uh, early on in the second half, and he did, didn't put it away. He's one on one with the goalkeeper, and you think, yeah. I mean, all strikers and miss chances. You of think course. Moscow away, don't you as well? When yeah, he came of off the bench yeah. and missed and, a good chance. And of course, all strikers miss chances, but I think if Daniel Sturridge is scoring, what else is he offering? Yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe how Klopp looks at it as well. Yeah. But I still think I still think he's got a part to play. Yeah. Certainly this season. God, he's the past three seasons, summers we've said that, you know, well, was this the end of storage? And, and I, yeah. I really didn't think this summer would be the end of storage. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to say, oh, this is the last season you'll ever see Daniel Sturridge in Liverpool. Sure. Yeah. But I think it's sort of the, time's running out for him to convince Klopp more than anyone. Yeah, and he's also approaching 30 and obviously a lot of injuries throughout his career. Uh, speaking of injuries and speaking of strikers, Danny Ings, um, not featured for the first team other than in the Carabao Cup at Leicester and he, that was only as a sub scored four against Bristol City last Sunday Andy Kelly the, predicted five Andy Kelly he did predict five yeah so wrong as usual Andy <laughs> Kelly um, again people asking should things get his chance is one question and then another guy Marco Visser asks will Ings one out due to lack of chances in January now my personal opinion is I think Danny Ings should be looking to leave Liverpool in January if he's not going to be playing because I think I think if I've had two knee injuries and I have had two knee injuries albeit not playing professionally unfortunately but um, if I've had two knee injuries and I've missed two years of my career at 23 when I was on the verge of an England squad I was playing the Premier League I only really played one full season in the Premier League I think I would be wanting to play somewhere and I, I, I don't think Prenton Park and Bristol City in the Premier League International Cup as much as Danny Ings has got the perfect attitude and is not showing any signs of being a big time Charlie or anything along those lines, I think that would be that would not be uh, my cup of tea at this no. stage of my career. I don't even think he should be looking for a loan move. You know, yeah. I really don't. I, I I think he I think he should be looking to to leave Liverpool. I think he and I and it, it pains me to say that because I, I I do think when he when Klopp first arrived, Ings was absolutely flying for yeah. Liverpool. He seems the type of player who would fit into into the club's system. I still think he possibly could, but I just feel like I mean you could almost argue he's he's the most like Firmino out of the other options of Sturridge and Solanke. But I just don't. When's he going to get the chance? Yeah. When's he going to get the opportunity? Now he's 24, 25, 24. Yeah. 24. It's just he's, you forget that you know he. he he went for a uh, record tribunal fee. That's yeah. how that's how highly rated he was. He's played for England. Before he got that knee injury, the, 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 his star was in the ascendancy. I just feel like he needs he needs games. And yeah. we were saying about how Sturridge could fulfil that that you know lower bottom half team role. 
I mean, if you're if you're a side in, in that lower half and you're not looking at Danny Ings in January, there's there's a there's a there's a big problem with your recruitment system as far as I'm concerned. You look, I know Newcastle have been mentioned as yeah. one. Strikes me as a Rafa player all day long. Yeah. Um, they need a striker. They need somebody who's going to be tireless up front and and, and run the line and even chip him with goals because yeah, possibly something like Burnley at back. Burnley be Sean really Dyfus good. Yeah, you know, sort of up, up front maybe with Vogue uh, Sunwood. Yeah. You think of even like a you know Bournemouth a team like Bournemouth West Brom could do with a player yeah. like Danny Ings. This he he's, he's still got a chance of of, of moving on and having a, a brilliant Premier League career. Even you know getting a sniff of the England squad. If you look at some you know without disrespect, and you know Tammy Abraham's had a couple of decent months at, at yeah. Swansea, and he's in there already. So it, it, I think he's he, he's he's got a chance of a really good top flight career. Unfortunately, I just I don't see how he's going to get the opportunity to have it at Liverpool. And yeah, especially it, if you're saying Liverpool needs to sign another striker next summer. He as just well. yeah, it doesn't come into consideration, does he? He's he's because you think about Liverpool, they're so top heavy in terms of squad. I mean, so you could say, okay, he maybe he's, he's jostling with Solanke now. I, I wrote something earlier in the week about Solanke um, and how he sort of regressed to the mean, if that makes sense, in yeah. terms of he's sort of where we all expected him to be when he signed now after that brief flirtation with the first team. And obviously Ings is, is fit, he's confident, he's scoring goals at under 23's level now. He scored four, as we said. But even if he, let's say, jumps over Solanke and becomes third-choice striker, you could say, well, fair enough, then Sturridge is always... Possibly get an injury, which is probably unfair actually, considering yeah. how busy he's been this year. Um, but even then, Sturridge just like you're on the bench at the moment. But when Lana's back, when Coutinho's back, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna turn to one because the the, the bench is gonna be mainly comprised of Oxley Chamberlain, I think. Exactly. Milner's always gonna be a mainstay, yeah. so it's probably gonna be one striker, and that'll be Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. So. Even even the possibility of being a backup for yeah. Liverpool doesn't promise any sort yeah. of. And no, and no, League Cup. Now, obviously, no. we mentioned he played in the League Cup and went out there. I think he was one of the ones, wasn't he? I think Solanke would be another one. Danny Ward would probably yeah. be one. He would really probably Robertson, you'd say as well. Suffered from Liverpool's League Cup and maybe yeah, maybe it wasn't noticed at the time. And then you say let's wait until the FA Cup and then they draw my nice of the home in the, yeah. the third yeah. round and they've yeah. got to play the strongest side. And, yeah. and we and saw what happened last season anyway with that with. Bringing in you know people out of the cold for FA Cup ties and they came they came up unstuck didn't yeah. against Wolves and almost against Plymouth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's it for the questions. Well, apart from this last one which I'm going to pose, which came from our season so far review. It's the last question we asked, and it was where will Liverpool be on New Year's Day? Now, Christian, we, Liverpool have got 12 games in league and Champions League between now and uh, December the 30th. Some big ones as well: Chelsea to come, Everton. In there as well, Arsenal just oh, just before Christmas. Um, some trips to the south coast as well. December trips, which was nice of the fixture, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Nice ice cream on the pier. Yeah, nah, right. yeah. Yeah. James Pierce is looking forward to his uh, his December days in Brighton and Bournemouth with Ian Doyle. With with Ian Doyle, good good. <laughs> God Lord, have mercy on us all. Um, but where will Liverpool be on New Year's Day? Do you think? Now, my personal opinion, I think my I think they'll be around where they are now. So, yeah. so fifth, fifth, sixth, yeah. fourth. I, I think, I think we'll see it consistently inconsistent. If that makes sense, yeah. I think they'll win more than they will lose. But I think there'll be the odd, the odd yeah. results in there where you just roll your eyes and go, oh, "What have they done? There? <laughs> yes. Why, why have they? They've yeah. let another, they now let yeah. another three one nil up, six nil up for our seven six guys and win seven six of four. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think, 
think the Chelsea game will be an interesting one. I yeah. think that'll be a real. It's a, sh- it's a shame it's almost not, you know, straight after after yeah. the international break. Um, but that'll be an interesting. I think that'll be an interesting one. It'll be a big game. It'll be five thirty on a November evening. You know, yeah. well lubricated cough. It'll just I think Liverpool. Feel like they put down a bit of a marker there. It's it's a weird mentality, isn't it? Because let's face it, barring an unbelievable collapse, no one's playing for the title this season by Manchester City. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's too early to say that, but I really don't see how anyone so everyone's in this scrap for second to, to six, maybe. Um, you know, no disrespect to Watford, Brighton, and uh, yeah, Burnley, who were hovering around, but so. Is it hard to is it harder to get up for, for something in November when you think the title's already gone? Maybe so, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how the players and, and the yeah. crowd sort of listen. Yeah, and Klopp won't think like either. You know, we can say it and and we can be realistic about it and say the title's gone. And yeah, and Klopp maybe privately will say similar, but he'll he, they'll always be in his head. Won't yeah. he's he, he's beaten Bayern Munich to titles. You know, yeah. the, the mighty Bayern Munich. Um, I'm sure he'll be thinking, well, what if? What if we win at half twelve on a, on a Saturday and City play at five thirty and get beat at Palace or wherever they go or you know Brighton? What what if the gap suddenly closes by three points and then it's all of a sudden it's six points? We still got to play them. There'll be that belief. Uh, Champions League, Liverpool top top that group. You think or or certainly well certainly go through. Looks like they're pretty uh, much pretty much through. Yeah, these these should do. Um, it's a dangerous game, isn't it, to, to think that all you need is a draw against yeah, Moscow. Be, yeah, sorry, Moscow. Moscow, ultimately, as long as it's not a 2-2. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, they're, they're through. I, I fancy them to win in Seville as well. Yeah. Just, just a little feeling. I think it'll just play into their hands. It'll be a good game, though. It, it will be. I think it'll be really good. A lot um, of the full fans I know going over there as well. That's a good trip. I think they'll take a lot over. Yeah. Um, and it'll just it'll be a good it'll be a good a good occasion. I think Liverpool were much, much, much better than Seville in Anfield yeah. and just you know the early season problems raid their ugly head they started doing the Sudoku crossword in midfield in the second half as usual switching off switching yeah. off as always <laughs> but you know if Liverpool gets to New Year's Day and they're in the hunt for the top four they've got a nice little last 16 trip to, to Besiktas in the back pocket <laughs> yes um, yeah. or you know Baal it's going to be Baal yeah. isn't it let's face it it's always Baal <laughs> Um and you know a decent FA Cup draw as well. Yeah. Just go into January with, with optimism. Yeah. You know, all right, it's not the optimism. Maybe they, they go in last season where they've just beaten Manchester City at home in a in a frawling game and the five points behind Chelsea. And even though Chelsea keep on winning, Liverpool keep on winning. Not that sort of excitement, but just the you know this is a good season of yeah. consolidation is ahead. To play for, yeah. 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 Absolutely, I agree. Hopefully, um, that is the case. Hopefully you've enjoyed this run through your questions and a little look back on the season so far with myself and Christian, who says you can't have fun with just two years, eh? Um, but hopefully we'll have a few more in the uh, in the pod on Monday. We'll have a look back on the weekend's internationals and a look ahead to the Southampton game, which comes on the back of the break. Can Liverpool finally score against Southampton? They, uh, they seems like the last time they scored, I think it was past Dave Besant, wasn't it, back in 1997 or? Got the equaliser. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, down at the Dell. 
But um, yeah, let's let's see that and uh, join us on Monday. And remember to keep downloading, keep subscribing, keep commenting, leave your feedback to myself, Christian, James, Andy, and anyone else you feel fit to comment to. We do read them, we do listen to them, and hopefully we can react to them as well. Thanks for listening. That's been your latest Blood Red podcast. <laughs>